This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turned to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Nova Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and acting, dance, writing, and music by focusing on artist extraordinaire Janelle Monet and her very, very storied career. To hash it out, we are once again joined by my favorite android, and that is Mr. Theodore T. Buck. Welcome back to the show, Buck. Thank you, sir. I'm really excited to talk about my favorite electric lady today. Ooh, ooh, I'm excited yeah. too. So let's tell the good people why. Why are we talking about Monet today? Because, well, Monet is a lot of things, guys, a lot of things, especially now in her career. She's an amazing songwriter, rapper, musician, actor, dancer, but... Um, Oh, and we're going to discuss this a little later because I think the greatest thing she's actually done is kind of, how should I put this, kind of pulled like a fast one on us. Really? In the in the best way possible. In the best way possible. Hear You've me out. holding this in your pocket. Because, yeah. you know, for all of her little pop sensibilities underneath it all, she's still very much this kind of art house student. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see that. I mean, yeah, you, you go from... Because we're similar ages, so I think with her first albums, we had a lot of similar influences mm. um, that we'll get into. But uh, kind of the same time, I d- I discovered a very famous silent film that you know that obviously was called Metropolis. Metropolis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's very important to the discussion. Yes, we so. will get there. Before we get there, though, I have to tell you something. I'm not sure if you actually remember this, but the very first person ever ever in my immediate orbit that brought her to my attention was you i yeah i i i was the arc android yeah Yeah. you were Uh, you were the one that was like novo dude we'll talk about why a little later but there was there was there was a very specific reason okay you went out of your way to like bring this to my doorstep so this is this like a is this also going to be like a a episode of this is your life where you like sent me down 
I'd be like, hey, get on the couch, Theodore T. Buck. Yeah. No, I will definitely reminisce. Um, We do that. You know, the show is the show is kind of us in a way, our lives and uh, the things we love, you know. And um, so we'll definitely reminisce. Uh, But before before we do that, of course, we all need a little background. So Janelle Monet Robinson was born on December 1st, 1985 in Kansas City, Kansas. After high school, Monet moved to New York City to study musical theater at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. After a year and a half, however, she decided to drop out of the academy and relocate to Atlanta, enrolling in the Perimeter College at George Georgia State University. And there she began writing and performing her own music. Whereas in 2003, she self-released her debut album entitled The Audition, which garnered the attention of industry insiders, most notably and most famously, Big Boy of Outkast, which essentially around this time helped to kickstart her career. And the rest, as they say, is history. Throughout her career, Janelle Monet has either been nominated for or has won a number of awards. In total, she's been nominated 137 times and has actually won 49 of those nominations. Highlights include eight Grammy nominations, whereas wins include two ASCAP Awards, two Essence Awards for Black Women in Music and what is known as a Breakthrough Award, a GLAAD Media Award, a NAACP Image Award, two Soul Train Music Awards, a Variety Breakthrough Music Award, a Children and Family Emmy, three Critics' Choice Awards for Acting, two Hollywood Film Awards, and an Independent Spirit Award, two Satellite Awards, a Screen Actors Guild or SAG Award, and two awards from the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Woo! Nice. Now, I know. But before we get there, before we can discuss, guys, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Novella Adulteration. Follow adult entertainer Jessica Amberstar as she embarks on a journey that will change her life forever. She not only finds herself in the industry, but figures out a way to transform herself and eventually become reborn. Find out how an adulteration, which can be found on Amazon in both paperback and ebook, available now. Now back to the show. All right, Mr. Buck, it is time. It is time to do the damn thing, and we are going to tell the good people... We're going to tell the story of Janelle Monet's career through her art, of course. So first up, we have 2003, where she self-released her very first studio album. And I want to make an emphasis that this is indeed a studio album, not a demo okay. album as it often builds. And that was called called The Audition. Did you actually find The Audition anywhere? Were you able no. to listen to this guy? I actually, you know, I was going to... When we did our, our pre-show thing, that was the thing I was going to bring up, and I forgot. I, I, Ooh, I perfect could, timing. Yeah, bring it up did now. You, did you find it? I like, did. It okay. was. Yeah. It was. See, here's here's the kicker. When you can't, and this is this is a pro tip for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you buck listening, or you buck, and anybody listening is when you can't find something on Spotify or Apple or whatever. You know the normal music streaming platforms, YouTube. I found it on YouTube. Yeah, it was uh, the tube of views. Yes, it was. It was. And it wasn't like separated by song. It was just the whole album as a video. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think about that, because, you know, the uh, when I was preparing this week on uh, Electric Lady. Yeah, where she has that song with Prince. Oh, yeah. You know, the state has that thing with streaming services. So I, I had to 
go find that. Right. It's not. Yeah. We, you couldn't listen to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this let me let me start here. This album could have been called The Blueprint. I mean, okay. you saw little hints of her style, her sound, her musicality, her signature right away. Like she had this is this is, I think, why I have really fallen in love with Janelle Monet's music over these years is she had a vision immediately before mm-hmm. she even got all the producers and the big budgets and all the resources when it was just like her and two other people in a room writing music. It yeah. all, all of all of the signatures were there. So she, so was there like a lot of things that, or was she mixing a lot of different genres together too? Was that kind of? Yes, it was very, you know, hearing about her history in the intro, you know, when I learned that she actually went to study at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, every, you know, because we saw this in the ARC Android, her, you know, de facto first LP, but really the audition is the first LP. Mm -hmm. And it's very theatrical. It's it's very much like a musical. And she even has an instrumental piece in her debut album. And it and it it's ambitious too. It's not mm-hmm. just like an EP or a short LP. It's it's like a lot of her at least her first two LPs. It's over an hour. It, or or it's a it's well it's about 52 minutes. It's almost an hour. It's, that's a that's a long That's a lot of music yeah. to do by yourself or with a very small team. Yeah. And have it it's still very polished too. You know, it's still you can tell, of course, the difference of when she was three to five people in a room versus when you actually read the liner notes and the credits, Mm -hmm. even for just like even just for Metropolis Suite One and definitely Arc Android on. Mm -hmm. She had like 40 or 50 people. Oh, yeah. They're helping her. You know, like she had a huge team. She had all these resources right out of the gates. But it was because of the audition that it got enough you know, recognition and find it made, you know, the eyes and ears of the industry insiders really perk up. And this is when big boy of outcast fame, you know, you know, found her work and was like, Oh shit, she's got something, you know, we need to, we need to, that's why she had so many resources right away. And in 2005 to 2006, um, Janelle Monet appeared on the Purple Ribbon All Stars album mm-hmm. Got Perp Volume Two. I remember this album too. Do you remember this yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, because I was a huge um, Outcast fan. Uh, oh, I, I still like am. High school, oh, and still oh, today. Uh, but like a good, what a great. Because Outcasts, I've, why I've always loved them is I felt like they've always been able to like kind of push that boundaries. Like a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of people from Atlanta and Southern hip hop. You had different kind of like I would say clicks or styles in there, but like. They were one of those groups that always I felt like weren't afraid to kind of, you know, test the waters, especially if oh, you speak of something pushing like envelopes. Box. Oh, my yeah, God. Yes. Like or even, you know, the previous stuff. Uh, another one, you know, you know me, I, I love Timbaland and like, uh, um, you know, Missy Elliott was actually oh, one of my favorite. We grew up artists. with that shit. So yeah. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. After she appeared on Got Perp Volume 2, she was also in Outcast's last LP, Battlewild. Yeah. And it was through Big Boy that uh, Monet caught the attention of someone very, very important that helped to reshape her career forever, including to mm-hmm. this day, and that is Sean Combs. But uh, you guys may know him as uh, from a different name, and that is P. What Diddy is or Diddy. Diddy. Or Puff Daddy or Puffy. Can I, goes, can I say something? He goes by many names. I'm going to admit something that's a little embarrassing. Okay. What? I had a handle one time in game when I played games. Oh, my Instead God. P. Diddy, I did B. Diddy. Uh, I, um, how fitting. 
How fitting for this I episode. Thought it, I thought it was very uh, profound. B, B as in boy, B, B Diddy. You know, Diddy. B, yeah. B Diddy, Buck Diddy. I yeah. like it. All right. And then after that, Buck Diddy, she signed to Bad Boy <laughs> Records in 2006. And this, you know, this, you know, officially kickstarted her solo career. And that's when we, that's when we got to meet her very, very ambitious concept series of albums called metropolis and we kind of hinted at this a little bit in the in the intro but tell the good people what what metropolis is metropolis is a if you haven't seen it you it's it's a must see if you're a film uh buff uh it's a silent film that pretty profoundly like influenced a lot of modern science fiction even still to this day you know everything goes back to star wars um c-3po uh a lot of that um the robot yeah aesthetic was based off of uh a robot that um happens in metropolis uh trying not to spoil the the whole plot here but basically there's a lot of cool concepts of this as as a technology uh labor differences between uh different social classes uh you know working class versus you know the elite higher leads uh but it's a really cool film did we watch that one time did i or did i try to i don't think to we've watch ever this? watched metropolis together the actual movie so okay. yeah this is the inspiration for what became a collection of concept albums so tell now tell the good people tell them about janelle janelle monet's metropolis uh, okay so this was also i you know i don't is it considered an lp or an ep i think it's more of an the EP. very first one yeah, the one right after the audition—that's an EP. That's yeah, an it's EP. an EP. So yeah, yeah uh, it's definitely kind of uh, influenced this whole persona of her being an, an android. Um, but Metropolis definitely was her first EP that kind of, again, kind of set the foundations for her next uh, albums. Really bringing in uh, a lot of different genres together, mixing those, and it's it's a very short album. It's it's also I think it's uh, uh, anchored or at the end by a, uh, a cover of smile, um, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a very, um, obviously popular song, but it's, it's, it's a nice little short listen to, but you, you definitely can see that she's building up to something better in this. Well, what, what she did is she devised a, she wanted, so Metropolis is actually a collection of concept album of concept albums that she was planning to write from and and so it's a series of parts that the over so that even every album or a few albums may have a part or two of this overarching story that is metropolis there's like seven suites total yes right and she yeah instead of just calling them parts she called them suites and there's seven total and that's where we start in 2007 with Metropolis that is literally called Metropolis colon Suite 1 or The Chase. Or sometimes it's billed as Metropolis The Chase Suite. And we meet this or we get to we begin this story that she helped to build in this world she helped to build through her music and it tells the story of cindy mayweather who is an Mm -hmm. android who falls in love with a human and chaos ensues by from the trials and tribulations of 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 this choice and you know in the beginning she always she has used this science fiction aesthetic and has always referred to herself as an android and this is just a way of her 
utilizing metaphors to talk about, you know, racism and Mm -hmm. marginalized groups and people of color and people that are, you know, that she refers to as the other. You you hear this a lot in the skits and the the album that we'll uh, discuss here in a little bit, The Electric Lady. Uh, it it kind of gets more deep into that, but it's yeah, it's definitely this cool like concept that overarches her first few albums. It's something I really hadn't seen too much, and, and you can definitely well, I, I would say the biggest influence I, I or the person I think that's done this before is David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge inspiration, huge inspiration for to her. Monet. Um, it's definitely you can see the blue or the you know the DNA there, uh, kind of that inspiration, but very cool concept and I, th- I think that's actually what kind of caught me when i first heard about her did you that that reminds me to ask you and i'm glad you brought that up did you listen to metropolis for that the album no. the ep album metropolis before you heard their arc android or was no. it arc android it was first? arc android first uh i i used to be a pretty avid um music blog listener and contributor ah. as, as you remember um so that's is that how you stumbled upon Janelle? That's how Monet? I stumbled. That was that's first how I learned about her. That was that was when when I first started hearing about it. There was a ton of buzz. So yeah, after 2007's Metropolis Suite One, she wrote 2010's The Arc Android, which comprises Suites Two and Three. And this is where, if you guys even know a little bit about Janelle Monet, you probably have heard the song. Her probably her biggest hit still to this day is Tightrope, Tightrope which which boy. features Big Boy of Outcast yeah. again. But other other I think deep cuts or just great singles on the album is Come Alive and of course Say You'll Go, which actually uses oh, yeah. uh which actually uses a a sample of um of Debussy's Claire de Lune. My favorite tracks, I, I wrote them down. So I I, I have a pretty an odd like emotional um attachment to this album oh um, why i you know during this time as you remember because you used to always come like i would say you know i i think i would be like really busy and say hey man i, I can't do this i gotta you know finish my paper and you're like no i'm i'm, I'm coming over I'm, I'm showing up we're gonna go have some wings and and hang out for a little bit um i was in a really, i would force you to take breaks yeah so i so taking a step back i was in a grad school program and it was very intense at the time and but i would be working really late nights in the lab and i would always be putting on different music and it was actually oddly one of the times where i discovered probably the most music and this is one that i this album i would always come back to my favorite tracks uh locked inside mushrooms and roses make the bus which is like almost a track out of this that doesn't seem like it really fits a little bit Mm. but if you think about it, there's a few tracks that don't like seem like they would fit fit into the whole. It's always played with a million different kinds of yeah, genres. So many different it ties genres. them together through her vocal aesthetic to make that signature jo- Janelle Monae sound. Soul, classical, big band, uh, jazz, uh, experimental hip hop, literally everything. Glam rock, like, electro, she's done everything. Yeah, electro pop. And and so I think that's why I liked it so much. And it, it you know, I I it was at that time where I was in this intense program, and this is one that I would always go back to. And it's funny because I almost think you know the different suites in this kind of almost bring different moods in that last suite that like kind of last part right after track 12 beginning of suite three i mean it's it's just very interesting and it almost gets weird 
and and that's oh, what it I gets like weird. The most. It gets oh, really yeah. weird. Like that. <laughs> that's us. that actually is why uh, this is. I talked about this a little bit in the intro. So this is the 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 album that you introduced me to to actually get Janelle Monae on my radar, and that is that is the thing I was hinting at in the intro was when you were kind of pitching, you know, trying to sell like Novo, you got to get into this. You something the sentence like is like burned into my memory. You said. Even though she has a lane, there's there's pop elements there. She takes risks left yeah. and right and more risks than I have ever seen for someone of her kind of sound, her kind of genre. Yeah, I always felt like that was such a mantra of so like every time I listen to ev- anything else or even see her in a film or a television show or whatever, anytime I see her, I notice that that is a hallmark that mm-hmm. she takes she she doesn't just pick the things that everyone else you know either picks or does she definitely does everything to the beat of her own drum and she's so unique because of it yeah and even though yeah she like like i said she has all these pop sensibilities and on the surface it just seems like yeah oh it's just another pop song or a fun dancey song but again like you said underneath it all it gets a little weird. It gets, it gets a, a little, little artistic. I love it. Gets it. a little eccentric. And I, I think that's that's one of those things. You know, if you're you're going to create like you know, it's the same thing with Bowie. A lot of people were like, "Why is he dressing the way he is? Why is he talking about you know spiders on Mars and stuff like that?" <laughs> just like weird stuff that we've grown to love, and it's just kind of like we hear it now, and we're like, "Oh, that's a great song." But if you think about it, I mean, you know. It's same with like Led Zeppelin, you know, talking basically about like Mordor and stuff like that. Uh, you know, yes. but I, what I'm I'm saying here, my point is, is that, you know, when you be experimental and stuff, that's how you kind of push the boundaries. And I really felt like she did with this one. I, you know, like I said, I was blown away. Like there were just so many different elements and in, in some of the criticisms I've heard of hers is that she's kind of all over the place, but I think it's still tied together though. There's still, still a cohesiveness it, to it. It feels like it works. Like, yeah, I definitely it's, heard it's, it's, it's like classical movements, yeah. you know, and it's very theatrical and very like a musical. It's yeah. not, it's not just a collection of songs. Yeah. Though she did, she, you know, and we'll, we'll get to this later in her, in her catalog. She did eventually start to just explore, like, how do I just make a album of singles? You know, kind of like MJ's Thriller or something like that. Instead of like, I don't have to do a concept album every time. Yeah. And uh, but in the beginning, she really wanted to fulfill this dream of creating her Metropolis series. Yeah. And it's a cool concept. And and I think, you know, kind of like Bowie, you have your trilogies and then of uh, songs and then you kind of move to a new, you know, going from Ziggy Stardust to the Thin White Duke. I mean. You know, you're kind of doing the same thing here. And it seems like she's I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that maybe she's going into something that kind of persona. But like definitely there's different feelings in her. A lot of uh, a lot of Bowie uh, analogies. Do you feel like she's a little bit of a female Bowie in a way or or there's a there's a a kindred spirit there? I that that's actually what I was going to like kind of my in your sub thesis. Yeah, my subthesis. I always thought she was kind of a um, like a female Andre three thousand. Interesting to me. Okay. Yeah, and I feel like you know what we use these comparisons just to help our listeners. You know, kind of help yeah. to. We're not saying have they an are I- those, but yeah, yeah, the the reality of someone like Janelle Monae. I always want to stress this: is Jan- Janelle Monae is Janelle Monae. Like, yes, she's a one she's and only. Not, you know, yeah. we can compare her to stuff, but she's she's clearly taken all these inspirations and 
put it into her blender and made her own thing. But that's like our brains, you know, as humans. Oh yeah. I think, and I think, and I think it helps the the audience, you know, we have to humans. Yeah. Have to categorize everything. We have to, we have to categorize and they find relations to things. And so, yeah, Yeah. I I think that's a good point. I don't, I don't want to, and I'll state kind of going back. I don't think she is the, the female, but we per se, but she's her own thing if there's anything close to, but there's a know, dna there there is a dna there and yeah. like with all art there's there's always influences i think going back to her ambitions mm-hmm. we uh just like those other artists we're comparing her to she is so so ambitious and such a visionary and i think that's why so many people gravitate towards her i think that's yeah. why pretty much right out of the gates very rarely do we see a very first debut LP, like knock it out of the park, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like a la uh, Pretty Hate Machine or Can't Buy a Thrill or or whatever album is in your head where you're like, oh my God, this is their, their first formal outing. And it's yeah. like pretty much a perfect album. And I feel like the Arc Android is that. Yeah. And we see that through her collaboration. So from Metropolis, uh, she had the Skunk uh, want to perform with her was featured on the on the EP, but in Arc Android we have Saul Williams of Montreal and Deep Cotton. So, and we see this we see this as her career blossoms too. Like, there's always oh, yeah. these amazing uh, featured guests that I don't think anybody could just get, but they all have oh. gravitated towards Janelle to, to Janelle Monet. And I don't know if we're leading into the next album, but she oh, we are right we out are. of the park on the first like the first track so let's before before we do that let's let's uh let's prime our our listeners so in 2013 she made the electric lady with and this this comprises of her seventh suite concept series this is suites four and five standout songs include queen electric lady of course and dance apocalyptic nice and the album actually starts with one of her you know, part of, you know, since this is a series of concept albums and every almost like, you know, every album is like its own episode. It's a self-contained concept, too. And it starts with Sweet for Electric Overture, which yeah. is like this, you know, sweeping. It sounds like sweeping, a 60s like film classical. Score. It sounds like the 60s. Yeah, the first the first track sounds like a 60s film score. And then we lead into Give Them What They Love featuring Prince, which, you you know, if you've listened to like on Spotify, you probably can't hear this due to yeah. licensing rights issues. But but just YouTube it like we talked about. But, you know, collaborators on this album include, include again, this fucking lineup. Erica Badu, love her. Solange, Miguel, and then a name I know you've heard on the show, Esperanza Spaulding. She's uh, also featured in the Electric Lady uh, music video, or she makes a cameo, I guess, not featured. But yeah, one of our all-time favorites. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. This is my favorite LP of hers. I had to do some serious soul searching. I feel like the Arc Android is a close, close, like right underneath its second. But goddamn, the Electric Lady is fucking, fucking fire. Yeah, I, I, I have... I... I had a. I, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I, I think I still have to say Arc Android. Arc Android because of because of the uh, the roots there, the feels, the his, the history. But I will say my favorite uh, track of hers, Electric Lady, is on this album. I it just it Electric like, Lady it is probably fire. my favorite single she's ever. Yeah, written. it yeah. is fire, and it's it's electric kind of a pretty lady, song. Electric to, Lady. Yeah, it's a pretty song overall. Um, we should talk. We should probably talk about those Janelle Monae musical hallmarks like her what makes 
I feel like it's all in Electric Lady because she loves uh, multiple movements. Remember, she writes mm-hmm. music like they're classical pieces, most multiple movements within the song structure, uh, rich harmonies, mm-hmm. very catchy hooks. Yes. Pop sensibilities that have just enough sensibility to be likable to the lay listener. But underneath yeah. it all, the musicians are like, oh, shit, she's doing some really creative. She's stuff doing some here. cool stuff. Yeah. She's pushing some boundaries and and kind of like her all of her albums. I would say you, you made the point of it's it's, you know, kind of open to everybody. She does have those tracks, but then she does have those, you know, kind of tracks later on that maybe are a little bit more experimental than most of the Oh yeah, those are buried audience. a little deeper. Yeah, they're like yeah, th- that's a good way of putting it. It's kind of buried in the album a little bit. It's it's not it's not like a bad thing or anything like that, but I oh, can no. see somebody that is just kind of a casual like skipping through some of that. Oh yeah, a casual lay listener that only listens to top 40 hits will be like what is you know past all the singles you know if they're not listening to the yeah. greatest hits or this is janelle monae on spotify when they actually listen to the albums they're like what the fuck is those people happening? are the ones that buy, buy now now this is music is that what's called <laughs> do they still those? have those i they? you know i'm actually i'm i'm going to go on the google machine i'm going to go on the googles and while you're doing that so guys yes the electric lady is phenomenal i think a, a very perfect uh, intersection of everything that makes Jan- Janelle Monet great from her avant-garde stuff to very uh, traditional pop song structured pieces as well. And that leads us to 2018's Dirty Computer featuring songs, some some singles and deep cuts that I recommend is Take a Bite, Screwed, I Got the Juice. And the, at the beginning of this album, we start with the one of the greatest collaborators on the list, and that is Mr. Brian Wilson. Yes. The first time I heard this, I, I was shocked. I was like, not that because he's 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 one of the goats, man. He's um, the goat. You know, and and that is so cool that these two amazing creative forces got together. Of Beach Boys fame. We should tell the good people that yeah, don't so know Beach Boys fame. That name at face value. Beach um, Boys if, fame. If you Brian saw Wilson. uh if you saw the movie Walk Hard, <laughs> if you don't know who be, and there's that scene where he's making that music the and Dewey he's got, Cox like, stories. Yeah, is? yeah. Walk yeah, but you hard. see that one that time where he's like trying to make this weird kind of music thing. That's basically a parody of uh Brian Wilson and his pet sounds and smiles sessions. This is when she dropped the the sweets. I'm yeah. not sure if you know. I actually had to look this up. I'm like, is this at first I was like, so is this considered sweet six or six yeah. and seven? Some sometimes she puts two sweets in one album. And this is the first album where she completely ab- abandoned the Metropolis narrative. Speaking of that, do you think that it, this is more, this feels more like she went into a more of a, a poppy direction? And do you think that's why? I Yes, this is definitely a little more when, you know, when we say poppy, like as a musical genre. Yes, a little more, but I still feel like there was the weird avant-garde eccentric tunes in here too they sometimes were just uh, they're buried sometimes within a song instead of it being its own you know song or composition or what have you and i actually i'm I'm glad you asked that question because yes in a way and i also think i you know our show's aren't really review shows you know we're not here to be critical or anything like that but we have to talk about that kind of stuff a little bit and the closest thing to a critique is is identifying when something can be someone's greatest strength 
And that can also be their greatest weakness sometimes. And what I'm leading to is when I talked about her ambition and her vision, I think there's a part of me that's like, maybe it was too big, you know, and she didn't want to keep doing that. That's that's my theory is like, I think she abandoned it and went a little bit in this different direction because, yeah, she was like, I put too much on my plate and I don't really want to do this anymore. So I'm just going to make an album of what I want to make without this Metropolis you know, storyline. Yeah, maybe she just was moving on from it and like is kind of growing as an artist. And, you know, sometimes you can get latched onto those things or be compared to that. But will she, you know, to me, I'm like, I'm such a completionist with this stuff. Like, will she, will she come back to it? Will she finish it? This is where like things, you know, your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. And I, and this isn't really a criticism. It's more of an observation. She is so ambitious. Remember, this is when she made, she made a sci-fi film companion to mm-hmm. this album literally yeah. called Dirty Computer. She called it a motion picture. So she made essentially like a short film for the album. When she first made the Ark Android, for example, she had planned for a video for every single song wow. and a concept like this for that album too. Again, so tough. ambitious, so yeah. much she wanted to do with her material. And that when you put so much on your plate, there's no way you're going to get to everything. And I yeah. think that's where... And in theory, I feel like she she didn't want to do it anymore. Maybe. But, she, you know, at this time, too, like her acting career was really starting to take off. In between, yeah, 2013 and 2018 is, yeah, that's why there was such a big gap, mm-hmm. you know? She yeah. went, she got the acting bug. And that's why she did this sci-fi film companion. Of course, she was the lead in her own film. And... um and it's a good album, but it is a little bit of a departure. And that's probably why another reason why she didn't uh, attach the sweet moniker yeah. to these. And, and it's definitely, I, I think one of her biggest, maybe her biggest track came out of this. Make Is it Make Me Feel? Yeah, it's her most played uh, song on Spotify. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I remember I kind of got, I remember at this time... I got um I got a little distracted. I didn't I didn't follow her career as closely as I, I, I do either. again now. Yeah. And I remember this was the time when she released Pink as a single. Pink is the other big one on this, yeah. And she had uh in the video she had um her and her backup dancers had these big pants that looked a lot like lady bits. And I remember I, I don't thinking think I've ever seen it. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, they, they, it's exactly what you what what your mind is conjuring when I say that, mm-hmm. but at the well at the but going back to just her music, I remember yeah, kind of falling in love with kind of that original, little more experimental sound, and then hearing Pink and it was so poppy and it was yeah. so, you know, fit more of uh, this uh, other things I've heard in top forty. Where I I was like I I didn't I wasn't crazy about it at first I will say yeah. that but now that I've actually and this is the beauty of the album as a concept in and of itself a collection mm-hmm. of music that that's supposed to be heard together when I hear it in the context of the album I'm like oh this perfectly fits well with the album and so but you take it out out of that as a single and I feel like it actually doesn't do it justice some really personally yeah i think a lot of i can think of well i can't think of a ton off the top of my head but i can i can i can remember having that feeling of like not being crazy about a single and but if i hear it in the context of the album with the other songs around it i'm like okay this fits yeah this this this, it actually up you know holds it up higher in my eyes and pink Mm -hmm. is, is one of those songs for me and this um other and this is where she features grimes yeah other other featured like artists are song. yeah 
Other yeah. featured artists are Zoe Kravitz and, of course, Pharrell. Yeah. Pharrell Williams is full we'll, name. Little skateboard P. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I remember listening to this when it first came out. And I, re- I don't know if I was just, like, expecting to hear, like, another Metropolis kind of, you know, album. And maybe I was a little disappointed at first. Do you think it's a weaker entry, entry yeah. or just a, a different entry? I, well, there's I think a thin it's line between. Those I, two I think things. there's both, but I do think it was. It did feel more, um, and that's top forty, top forty, yeah, top forty and, hits. Then, and I'm not stuff. saying like she sold out or anything because I don't think she did. But no, um, not at all. Because again, it, there's that still vibe. that. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of weird in there. I yeah, personally, there, there's like certain songs in there that definitely sound like when that came out. Like way she's singing certain things definitely sounded very similar to other big tracks at the time. Uh, yes hits. yes um, she probably was how should we put it she probably was like pink is a great example of directed that. by her yeah. producers in a, a, in a into a certain sound instead of you know i feel like it's great to have all those resources when you're signed you know you have 40 or 50 mm-hmm. other people helping you but that it's also a time when people can kind of get you know led into directions yeah. they maybe don't want to always do or or do want to do maybe you know i the sweet got to her <laughs> the sweet got to her yeah. i think you know i think the beauty of her career is i i think she's always steering the ship ultimately though there's never a time when i felt like oh man this is a pr stunt or yeah. you know she's just doing this for this or doing that for that she's always been herself and very authentic very real and I think that's why people keep gravitating towards her and her career. And that leads us to 2023. And that is her newest LP or her latest LP is The Age of Pleasure, featuring uh, some singles with deep cuts that I've included uh, on my personal list that I want you to check out is Float, Champagne Shit, Phenomenal, and of course, Lipstick Lover. Yeah, that's probably the big. And it was also... Lava. I wouldn't say controversial, but it was definitely like the first like thing that came out, especially the video um, is 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 what they would call a little racy, a um, little risque, risque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got some a little word. nudity. Yeah. Got got some new nudity in there. Yeah, Nudity on the album cover. You got. That, yeah. Yeah. Blur out. That's so a blur out online. <laughs> so, yeah. But she's definitely like, obviously, with the promotion of this album, she's definitely showing more of a you know, feeling more comfortable with herself. I mean, there's definitely a couple of tracks on here that I, I think uh, no better is, you know, I, I like that track. Um, it, it's kind of hard because I, 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 I like, I'm not trying to come off like sound like prudish or anything, but you know, I've, I've seen this kind of trend before where a lot of artists want to kind of go more towards this kind of, I, I guess it's going to like the thing where sex sells a lot, mm. uh, kind of the whole thing. And, and I'm not saying she's doing this and don't take it that way. It's just, it seems like sometimes that that can be kind of a thing that people go to. And I don't think that's necessarily that what she's trying to do. I think she's, I think, I think she just wanted to do it because she wanted to do it. I don't think it was trying. I don't think she was trying to sell anything. I think it was because I know a lot of people feel this way that, or they feel like this is a weaker entry, much like dirty computer. Yeah. But I actually think it's, it's not a weak entry. I, I like it a lot and I would call it a mature entry like you can tell like she's getting a little older she's no probably getting to know herself a little better and of course that's going to come out and more comfortable with herself exactly and and i think that's where it's coming from and and that's what i said so i don't want to go down that 
area, but it, it just, you know, it's for me, it was just not as maybe it, 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 this is not uncommon with people and artists. Like when artists try to do different things and change directions, some people are more sentimental about their older, oh, you know, of course. Entries. And that's maybe where I'm coming from a little bit is that I, you know, I relate to her those, those, those first few albums. And so, yeah, when it's different for me, you know, it might grow on me the more I listen to it, um, which there have been album, a lot of albums I have, but for me right now, no, it's, it's, it's to me, it's, I personally think it's, it's my least favorite, but I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, it's gotten really, you know, decent reviews and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people do like it. This is a perfect segue to talk about how I view her music mm-hmm. in it's con- in the continuum of her catalog. See, I, I, it's it's hard for me to call her specific catalog just personally, like one entry weaker or different, you know, because to me, they're all very similar. As yeah. much as she plays with a lot yes. of different genres and sounds, when I, I, I think any, if you haven't gotten into Janelle Monet yet, anybody listening, you can start anywhere. You, yeah. you want to start at the end? I think you'll like the early stuff. You want to start at the beginning? You're gonna probably like stuff you find at the end too, because she has this. She's tied all of the albums together and all the songs with again her signature spin and, and yeah. the things that make her her. And I, I personally, as much as you know, to your point of like, you know, we're human. We got to put everything in a box and categorize everything, yeah. and we give like. You know, when you read about her in these songs, yes, you're going to read a different, a million different genre types and titles and all this stuff. And I, I throw it out the fucking window because they all are very, very similar and not in a bad way. In the best way possible, she has a musical identity. Yeah, I I made a note that like just an example, Black Sugar Beach sounds like it could be on any of the like that track sounds like it could be on any of the other tracks or I'm sorry, albums. So yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, we we've talked about that too. That there's a lot of similarities. Like I've, I was telling you too. Like there's always seems like there's a song that has like a spoken word section, mm-hmm. or you know, loves horns horn sections. Oh yeah. Uh, this one I felt like the biggest difference was it felt there was more of a reggae influence, more because kind of more the tropical theme. I think that's trying to um, or island theme that she's trying to go for a little bit here. Oh yeah, uh, a little Margaritaville. exactly yeah other Uh, collaborations here include c and cootie so yes you heard that right that's uh, the same cootie as fila cootie and the son mm. of fila cuda c and cootie and his band egypt 80 dochi grace jones nia long amaray sister clancy and ck i thought it was really cool you know grace jones he's still an icon but like huge icon back in huge icon still to this Uh, day still to this day but like you know i always like when the younger folks get with the you know the older uh and in kind of oh yeah there's there's a there's a synergy yeah there's a synergy there so oh i just hit it again for some reason i just thought of uh dua lipa and elton john that was a great little pop song or uh you know kanye had that one song with uh paul mccartney um yeah yeah, yeah. Like I like love that. it when, yeah. Uh, yeah, this music's timeless and you can always reimagine great ideas. And that's um, that's her discography. We're going to talk about her filmography in, in a moment. But that's, you know, she's 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 released 
formally four LPs, but really five with the audition and an EP. And she does other EPs as well with her music label, Wonderland Records, formerly Wonderland Arts Society with the APHIS, things like that, which is an art- artist compilation EP. But before we talk about her filmography, the other side of her artistry, I uh, I want to talk about the fact that I got to see her live not too long ago. Yeah, you did. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when you guys will be listening to this, so I got to keep the shit evergreen, baby. That's for you, Clayton. And <laughs> I'll say that I saw her live in September of 2023, and she is everything you want her to be. She was captivating. She was fire. She was riveting. She was she was a spectacle singing yeah. dancing live band she had a three piece horn section that's awesome i love i love them like horn i just love horn sections i'm always oh, yeah. glad when they get they and i was glad when artists kind of go back to them too cuz i think you know for a while there we kind of moved away and now it's kind of coming back so good to hear so yeah that's a little pre gym gym of the week if you get a chance to see her live she she's an absolute stunner and that brings us to her acting career i'm gonna fly through these because uh we gotta we gotta put a bow on this b and get out of here but you may what's crazy to me i will i will set this this part the segment up with what's crazy to me is like for all of her accolades and all of her fame there's still such a huge population of people that don't know who she is like i still run into people and that's why we wanted a highlighter as well there's still a lot of people that are like who who and then i and then i'll I'll say like oh if you don't know her music you may know her from this film and then and then they'll go oh that so let's tie it all together guys so in 2014 she was in rio 2 2016 she was in moonlight hidden figures 2018 she was of course in dirty computer her little sci-fi short film that she made for the album welcome to marwin 2019 ugly dolls harriet lady and the tramp 2020 the glorias annabellum and of course 2022 she was in glass onion alongside Mr. Bond himself for a little murder mystery. She's also been in television, Stargate Universe, Dancing with the Stars, American Dad, SNL, in performance at the White House Women of Soul, Sesame Street, Electric Dreams, Dirty Computer, obviously again, Sex Explained, Homecoming, We the People, Human Resources, RuPaul's Drag Race, and uh, the upcoming television series, De La Resistance. And last but not least, uh, she does a little writing on the side, too. She released what is called The Memory Librarian and Hmm. Other Stories of Dirty Computer. But before we get out of here, let's tie a bow on this bee, Mr. Buck. Tell the good people why they should study the works and check out the music and watch the films and television of one Miss Janelle Monet. Well, like you said, she's a triple threat, quadruple threat, maybe now. Just a very talented person. And we have these types of people, you know, like I say, you know, she's probably, there's not many people that can do what she does. And I think when we're looking at somebody that's just so talented and creates such good art. I think, and like you said, not a, she's not maybe a household name and that's why we need to talk about these people. But and she really, will, but she will be <laughs> um, really help get their name out there. Cause man, create such great, great music, great actress. Um, just overall, like I said, just a very talented person. So something we need to appreciate too. There you have it, guys. Miss Janelle Monet from top to bottom. 
the lifetimes and works thus far. We're still kind of maybe in the beginning of recruit. We, I think there's I a hope, lot left to, that we're so. going to see. I hope to see have more of her work. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, I think she'll always be a musician at heart, you know, as much as she dabbles in writing and film and acting, I think we're going to see a lot of amazing music from Miss Monet. But until then guys, we're going to get out of here and we're going to say thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my guest as always, Mr. Theodore T. Buck for joining me today. Before we get out of here, we got a little extra for you. A little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gem of the week. Now before we talk gems, let's talk sponsors. Today's gems are brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secure cloud to never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash art of the beholder, or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gyms in lieu of our usual gym structure. So in lieu of our usual gyms, we have a very special gym for you today, a little coda for you for this episode, (laughs) because we want to address a very specific nation before we get out of here. And that is parrot head nation. As Many of you already know we have a ongoing bit, a running bit that mm-hmm. we do at the expense of the Parrot Head Nation. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that their that their leader, Mr. Jimmy Buffett, unfortunately passed away not too long ago. So today we want to put a lot of all all of the joking aside and give our heartfelt condolences to the Buffett family. And though we had a lot of fun, you know, at their expense. It was all and just in good fun because the reality is the music that he made and the culture that he helped cultivate, the truth is that he is very much a gem himself, a very important part of American history and what is known as Americana. He will he will live on forever as a legend. And so on behalf of the NDP family, we just want to say, Jimmy, we hope you rest in peace. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add on to that um, as I was kind of the perpetrator of the bit that I had a lot of respect for Jimmy Buffett. Um, like you said, he is an American icon. Even though we were uh, kind of having fun, it was it was it was like you said, it was it was all out of love. There's a lot of people that you know love his music and you know a real icon. Absolutely, he'll he'll live on forever. Now, before we get out of here, guys, if you liked all that, again, you can always check out some of our stuff at NovaDayProductions.com. You can always follow us at underscore Novo underscore Day and Day is D-E and at Novaday Media. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the things. You know what to do, rate and review. And if you'd like to sponsor a little love child or be on the show, you can reach out to us at NovaDayMedia at gmail.com. But until then, guys... Be good to each other. We'll see you in the next one. So good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.